welcome <laughs> how are you i'm so good thank you it's so lovely to see you thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today not a problem <laughs> anytime <laughs> so just to kind of introduce Dwayne to all our beautiful viewers um Duane is a world-renowned clinical hypnotherapist um and he's nicknamed the trance alchemist and uh, sought out for his unique abilities in the healing field. Um, Dwayne has traveled the world teaching his healing techniques to many people, helping so many people out there with unique challenges that we all face from time to time. Um, so a lot of your work is alchemical in nature, Dwayne. And so traditional alchemy is, you know, turning lead into gold. Yeah. And in, in my experience, I love to use alchemical processes with emotions, turning pain into power, um, just so profound and so healing and life-changing in so many ways. Um, yeah. Are you able to describe to us what alchemy is for you? Okay, for me, that's a little bit... Yeah. So you don't want the painted down version then. You want the, you want the real, what right? So in my al alchemy process, alchemical process, it's about transforming a human being who has been severely hypnotized into limitation back into their God state. Mm, beautiful. Where they belong. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's just telling it flat out. So what I know is, and why I got into hypnotherapy in the first place, was because I seen how hypnotized human beings already are. And I wanted to figure out how they were doing that to gods and goddesses to get them so limited. Amazing. So do you think that is, you know, the, the big massive amounts of of conditioning placed on humans from society or from something bigger or well what would you say about that well, well kind of both <laughs> like i yeah i read i read a while back quite a while back that that as far back as zeus they were limited wow. human beings on their natural evolution to come into god consciousness uh, because Zeus was jealous and he didn't want the ordinary human beings to become gods like him. So he put them in hypnosis and split them in two is what it says. And I work with that two all the time because there's two aspects of, of us. We are the unprogrammed self and the programmed self, the right brain, the left brain. Uh, and so when I'm working with people, I'm very aware that they're coming to me from a left brain uh, programmed 
place. And my job is to help them go to go over to the right where they're already uh, their highest form, God or goddess. Beautiful. And there, Beautiful. It's, like, it's like magic takes place. <laughs> because, <laughs> because here they are, uh, you know, fighting all these things. You know what it's like when you're way over there in left brain? It's like, oh, I, I you know, I got to do this, but there's all these different ideas and rules and things. And, you know, and when you go over to the over to the right, it's just like, huh, you're the expansion of the universe. Mm, I love this. Quiet in the mind. We're we're just expanding into this magic. Now, we came in this way is what I discovered. Because something kept haunting me all the time in my work that when I was little, it was so easy and we were so magical and we were so, I realized that's, that's where, that's where the hypnosis started was back there that young. We were magic. Yeah. Yeah. Because they say belief systems are formed up until the age of, of seven. And as children, we are so imaginative and expansive and infinite and you know we can make a a boat out of a cardboard box anything is possible so i really resonate with what you're saying so i started working first of all with childlike wonder because i knew that childlike wonder uh brought on the magic and so i was working with childlike wonder and then i i was also working with inner child work and I also, I noticed that inner child work wasn't it. Well, completely. Wow. I, mean, I made a lot of changes to inner child work because I seen the, the tr- there was a trap in there where they were leaving the child on the timeline and they, they, they kept, kept having these frozen states. You know, the frozen state is an indicator. Oh, yes that you that you have a frozen child like somebody in authority all of a sudden yells at you and you frozen you can't speak well know that there's a child back there that's frozen in time but i noticed that those didn't heal unless we did something specific and that was we had to take the child off the timeline because the the child was frozen in time there so if we took the child off the timeline and then worked with them off the timeline, then there was an actual healing take place. Otherwise, I was I was an advocate back in the day for uh, John Bradshaw and his inner child work and his wounded inner child work. But then on the you know the third book, I started to realize, hey, we're not going to really heal this child, are we? Right? <laughs> so I was trapped. I was trapped in, in, in the therapy, right? And so yeah. I recognized that and realized that, hey, some, sometimes this goes on. Now, whether they just don't have the answer or they, they're not creative, creative enough or whatever, but there we were, all, kept going back to the child, to the child, to the child, the wounded child, and the child never healed because we never took the child out of the, out of the trauma. The child was still in the trauma. Do you think that the moments where the child is frozen in time, 
are where aspects of ourselves are left behind. So when, you know, when we reclaim parts of ourselves, we've at times we can feel a a rush of energy back to us. I wonder if that's connected. All the way from that event in your timeline up is uh, what's happening on a mental level, on a physical level, on a DNA level, is your rewriting. That's that feeling. Right? And you know you got a a good shift when that happens, right? I love that so much. But that wasn't it. There was something more. And that was the magical inner child that I work with now, which is reviving, resurrecting that that child, the original magical child came in here refreshed from source, but then was bombarded and hypnotized until, okay, it was through my work with MKA Ultra, working with the victims of that, that I realized that there was three factors. There was the trauma, the fracture, and the programming. So they would traumatize these child child stars, traumatize them until they split, they fractured, and then they would program the fracture. Then I got looking at life itself, and I went, hey, wait a minute. We've all had trauma. We were all fractured because we were told never to be that little child to be something different. And then they programmed the fracture. And we have been living a false reality the whole time. It's not even us. No wonder half the population is so depressed because they're unexpressed. My goodness. So I discovered this, realizing that that original child, that magical child is really your higher self. It is your higher self. It's not up above you somewhere in the ethers. It's right within you. Your higher self is that original you that you came in with. That's who you're asking, really. So I started to play and ask the child if the child wouldn't like to to be part of healing the adult. Wow. And magic takes place. It's all in childlike wonder and playfulness and boom. You know, people are happy. And that's the whole point, isn't it? This is amazing that the discoveries you've made and the places you've kind of discovered in yourself and delved into yourself through your own processes yeah. are opening so many portals and so many codes to healing humanity. Yeah. That's incredible work you're doing, Dwayne. I love it. Just incredible. I, I, I'm in the, I'm in the, business of believe it or not healing god because that little child in you is god and it's ignored and it's put on the shelf and it's put away and we're living this phony life this 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 masked expression of ourself pretending to be socially acceptable 
Yeah. When it doesn't deserve it at all. And we go back to this child and that child starts to express with the magic and miracles. You see, this is why so many, so many people are, are, are struggling with their modality not working because they're doing it from the left brain. And the client is doing it from the left brain. And the left brain is built to fail. It's a program. But you come over to the right. You come over to this right, playful, childlike innocence. We come back to that. And that part can do this healing because it doesn't belong to that program. So it's a resurrection in a, in, in a sense. But basically, instead of instead of going through and changing all of the beliefs and trying to rewire all the things that are wrong, you're just going to a place where they don't exist. Exactly. Because the thing with this is that people are trying to heal over here on the left, all the beliefs and different things and la la la. That's all part of the program. Yeah. Yeah over on the right is programless it's it's your true nature and yes it's way outside the box but we were trapped in that box i call it pandora's box and they (laughs) they opened up the box and no evil didn't come out but gods and goddesses got curious and looked in and got sucked into it and then they closed the top and there we are spiraling around in a box. <laughs> and we think that anything that else that's outside of the box is magic, but actually it's just normal if you're outside of the box. Huh. So that's like a whole different perspective shift. <laughs> so that's really the key to a lot of things is yeah. being able to shift perspectives. And we got tunnel. You know how to hypnotize a chicken? No. How do I hypnotize a chicken? You take (laughs) take a a chalk line, a a chalk line, draw a straight chalk line, and you put its little beak on that chalk line, and it won't take its beak off that chalk line. It's hypnotized. And they did the same thing to human beings. They put them on a chalk line. They said there's only one reality. And here's the chalk line. And they put their beaks on it and away they went. They don't even look look around, look up or whatever. What I'm saying is, is that wow. even though there are multiple realities you could have in any given moment, they convinced you there's only one reality, which is not true. You could have you could have five different realities in this one day if you wanted to. Every time you walk <laughs> your door, doorway, your threshold, you could step into a different dimension. You can. If you can just let go of your strong beliefs in the past that that your past is your anchor, you see. Um, if people let go of the past and realize that that's not their identity at all, then they're free in the present moment to step through any timeline anything they want to do but you see what we do is we grab we take a hold of that past and we throw it into the future and relive it yeah. again. 
to give us a false sense of security psychologically absolutely yeah and the the things that we hold on to so tightly mm -hmm. it it takes up energetic space and yeah. i think when we let go of it all we are free to be fully present in the present moment that's right yeah I, I love the feeling of being empty. It's, it's so freeing. The things that I've learned here, I've learned through my own personal experience, and then I put it to some sort of therapeutic practice, right? But uh, this has its roots in something that happened to me, driving down, driving down a freeway and the car coming at me and losing its tire and coming straight for me. I heard a voice inside of me that said, suspend your emotion, float, and look straight ahead. So what that means is don't give any power to the reality that's right here, right now. Just float and look straight ahead. I did that, and then I got curious, and I looked in my rearview mirror as to what happened because the car never hit me, and it was coming straight at me. And it never hit me. And I looked in the mirror and there was my car and that car tumbling in the ditch. And I heard the voice again that said, look straight ahead. In that moment, Steph, wow. that I was immortal, that there was an ongoingness to all of us. We're never stopped by anything unless we give it permission. <laughs> You know, I don't know what would have happened, but all I know is I followed the voice and said, look straight ahead. So it's incredible. <laughs> in that moment, I jumped timelines. Boom. Got quick. And no, there wasn't any great big, uh, you know, fireworks or, you know, horns going off or anything. It was just boom. Right. And I so think... You I think that people do this all the time. And don't Interesting. Even a lot of yeah. a, lot, a lot of my work is about that. People are doing this all the time and just are not aware. They're looking for this great big crescendo when it's already happened. Do you, you follow me? You know, that, that makes me instantly think of like in, in some, some psychological teachings and some healing practices, people talk about avoidance. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering now that like avoidance would have to be a double-edged sword, wouldn't it? Because what are you giving your power and your energy to? That's where we got to start to think, Steph. What are we giving our power to? <laughs> so you're absolutely right. So we come from a premise where we've been so hypnotized to limitation for so long, we're fighting the limitation. And there is no limitation. There's only a shift to the right. And when we shift to the right, you're not limited. It was only the left that was limited anyway. There is no limitation. There is no enemy. There's no one against you. All it is, is diversion. 
long, long, long diversions that keep people when they all they have to do is is shift state. Click over here. You know. Amazing. I'm really taken by something you said earlier about the child not being able to express. Mm -hmm. And it's it's something I've been getting in, well, delving into a lot with art and art wellness, you know, coming from a place of emptying and trusting and just yeah. expressing whatever wants to come out. And it's it's quite similar to things you see in maybe aesthetic dance. Um, and people really struggle to let go, to allow themselves to just create freely, which it's like there's so many creative barriers and people don't think that they are an artist, but they are. Yes. Yeah. It's, they, they have this power within them at all times. And if they tapped into it, they could consciously use it to create so many different things in life. Um, but I, I really am curious to hear your thoughts on perhaps whether it's the act of expression and inner child expression that helps that healing process or helps us to get more into the right side of the brain or to tap more into the inner child. Well, start stepping into that childlike wonder. Just pretend. Just go into the childlike wonder, pretend, you know. So the thing with this is that there's, there's something that it's a little unfair. I got to explain what I'm doing here. Is is that uh, there's being an empath, right? It's a double-edged sword. You can pick up a lot of things, but you can also project. Yeah. The other half of the empath is the projector. You're you're the projector of delightful emotions. Now, you have something in your brain called mirror neurons. And when I go into a state here, you're trying to make sense of what I'm doing, so you step into the state yourself. So yeah. when, I, when I went into childlike wonder, right, it's hard for you to stay out of it. So you get the experience of it and you blow some beliefs that you can't go into it because you just did. You see? Tell me, tell yeah. the audience what you're feeling right now. Just sitting here and look at me. I feel, I feel like I want to giggle. And so let's I feel go. like the whole, <laughs> I feel like things don't like, you know, the questions that I'm asking don't even really need to make sense and they don't even need to be answered because they just, you know, it doesn't need to be understood from this place. No, it's just exactly. See, God conscious. Like <laughs> God consciousness is expansion, more magic, more love, more joy, more, you know, just like a little child. It's like, you know, <laughs> right? 
And they used to think that God was some sort of bearded character, all crusty, sitting there on a throne somewhere, pointing his finger. And it isn't. It's a child who's really curious about what it is. And it needs you to help explore. But then there came that programming at about six years old. Boom. Mm. And then traumas happen to us. Whatever. One of the traumas is being ripped out of your home and put into a school. That's a trauma. Wow. Yeah, and people say, like, 99% of humans have an abandonment wound if you were cut from an umbilical cord. You're instantly, you no longer have access to that life force. That's right. I remember my dad telling me that that the worst day of his life was putting me on the bus to go to school. And he just cried after. And I think if parents were really aware of their emotions, they probably would too, any other parent. What are we doing? What's always been done? What's always been done? The hypnosis continues. Watch the water. We keep buying into it. We keep giving it power. What would other people think if I didn't send my kids to school? Who cares? Yeah. I worked with, um, I worked with children when I had the physical office. Um, Sometimes parents would bring in their kids, right? The little ones. He's so unruly. He is so unruly. I says, really? Yeah. And so I, I says, well, let me talk to him a little bit. And so I talked to him and whatever. I'd say, where are you from? And he'd go, well, 2648, 178th Street. And I go, no. I said, where are you from? And all of a sudden, poof, I'd get these profound answers out of these kids. Wow. Then I'd talk to the parents and I'd go, you see, your child doesn't have a problem. That's what happens when you try to shove a God in a box. You get resistance. Why don't you explore who your child is? Find out who your child really is. You know, Steph, I had this guy, this this guy, this little kid, one of the little kids that I worked with, and I asked him the same question, where are you from? And he gave me his home address, and I go, no, where are you from? And he didn't say a word, he just looked at me. And when he looked at me, boom, telepathic communication started happening right away. I started getting wow. the whole thing. And this kid was just had this smile on, this love, this smile, and he was just, yeah. I said, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I says, could you do me a favor? Could you turn to mom and do the same thing for her? And so he did. He turned to mom and he centered this broadcast. And you could tell as soon as it hit her because the tears just started to flow. 
And I said, yeah, you know, we have to realize that they're here to teach us, not the other way around. There, that is so profound. It is I so... I can't help but wonder. There's... Like, that's there. You go. <laughs> you can't help wonder what, dear? Had you never have met those children, how their lives would have been? Because, yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> Steph, even... Even to be even to be that one person one time in their life that actually seen them that actually seen them is is worth more than any any gold or anything uh, because finally they were they they were actually recognized by somebody in a world that doesn't want to recognize them at all right. They want them to be the mask. We really, as human beings, have to question what we're doing here. When it comes to this process of pushing a child, who the child really is that came in from source energy, who they really are, pushing that down and then programming them to live an alternate life that nobody's happy with. Everybody hates their friggin' life. Why? Because they're not really who they are. They're not authentic in their own life. I'm starting to think so a lot of a lot of the teachings online talk about the two sides of the brain, the left being masculine and the right being feminine and the left being logical and the right being creative and there's other teachings that talk about trying to find the middle brain and and creating oneness for moving through kind of dualistic principles but now from this place where i sit i'm really wondering trying to apply a structure or a process over the right side of the brain saying it's feminine and saying that the other side is masculine is perhaps a part of the problem because it doesn't need to be labeled because it just is when i when i here's here's something to 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 connect with that to make it to verify what you're talking about was back in the day when i was working with uh a big big hypnotherapy clinic we had and, and it's hard to believe, but the way that we had this spaced out, it worked. We had over 3,500 clients moving through the system at any given time. So there was wow. a great, great big amphitheater uh, where they all went in for their daily dose of whatever that, you know, we were administering that day. And, but they got to see a hypnotherapist when they first started. Uh, I think it was once, yeah, once a week for a month. And then after their first month was up, then it was twice a week. I mean, every second week. And then it was once a month. So you can see how that opened up to have more clients come through. But anyway, what I'm getting at is it was a huge clinic. And we were working with lots and lots of clients. And in 
this happens to me in in the description i got so good at describing everything that i forgot what my original thing was what was it what was i talking <laughs> we were talking I love it. We're talking about uh, the structure or system of masculine left brain, feminine right brain, and how this correlates. Well, some people say, you know, because the left brain governs the right side of the body, that the right side of the body is masculine and vice versa. Yeah. Whereas I was one like questioning, perhaps applying a structure to this infinite part of ourselves is actually keeping us in the old system <laughs> now I, I remember you thank you <laughs> bringing me back uh, uh, so at the time i was asking because i had a really perplexing kind of question i went okay i know i said to my my teacher at the time i said i I know that this part of the brain can heal anything in the body. It doesn't care. It doesn't know difficulty. It'll heal it in a second. But yet I'm giving it suggestions or telling it what to do. Who the fuck am I? Why am I telling it what to do? When it has the power to do that, Anyway, what's really going on here? And then I found out the answer. The answer wasn't that our unconscious, our subconscious is full of all these unproductive behaviors, la, 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 that they all talk about. That's not it at all. What's the problem is the conscious mind, and the conscious mind is limited to the box. And the unconscious is tied. It can't do unless that conscious mind asks. And so they went in back in the day with Freud and said that the, the, the subconscious is full of all these unproductive behaviors, and it's, a, it's not true. But everybody hated their unconscious on some level. So now here's another division, right? We don't like our unconscious because it's full of all these things, and how are we ever going to get to the end of this treadmill of beliefs and ideas and things that we, or I could be a lifetime at this. Sure you could. Or you could understand what the real problem is. The real problem is it's the conscious mind is locked in a box and the unconscious can't do anything unless that conscious mind. So that changed my suggestions completely. My suggestions then become more for the conscious mind to open up to allow this greatness that's already within them through. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So backwards and upside down. Now we know that the same ones that like to hypnotize us are taking everything and turning it upside down and, and crooked, right? And so I start putting it back the way it is supposed to be. That's all. And I notice what happens. So I'm in a practice for a reason, right? Because I practice. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> mm. 
I just, the, the bottom line is I love people and I love seeing them free. And, uh, you know, I, I'll go, I'll, I'll go through whatever I need to go through to figure out how to help people become freer and freer. And what has been done to keep us away from seeing that? Like this here part of your brain, you know, they call it the old reptilian brain and all of this stuff and yeah. a little so you don't go in there. But if you ever take a journey right down here into your, what's called midbrain, you take a deep breath in, you slowly exhale, and you let your awareness drop to midbrain, you start seeing peripherally. Now, as you're looking at me peripherally, I start changing. I'm not, my face changes, you might see the aura around me. Isn't that cool? If you want a real trip, take another deep breath in, slowly exhale, and now move to the back of your brain. That's wild, eh? Even more auras. What are you seeing? Wow. <laughs> Everything's like, like you've turned to light. So the thing of it is, you didn't, you didn't need a watch. You didn't need me to tell you you're getting sleepier and sleepier. You just went in there right yeah yeah that was amazing thank you now that you're in there do you want to play with something okay i've come out but i'll go back in <laughs> right and then we just move back to the back of our mind and just repeat after me oh my beloved goddess Oh, my beloved goddess. That I am, that I am. That I am. That I am, that I am. Come forth from where I put you. Come forth from where I put you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Now breathe in deeply. You notice the tinglings in your... Are you getting any tingling? Yeah, it feels like reverberating, uh, kind of. In ancient Egypt, you see a lot of pit, pit, a lot of petitions, pictures of of the gods and goddesses with wings coming out of the head. I just felt like I had wings coming out of my body as you were doing that process. So yes, that resonates. <laughs> Welcome home. You are amazing. Welcome home, goddess. I'm pleased to meet you. Thank you. It's always a delight to see the God awakening in people. To be recognized, to see, to say hello to that part of people. It's so important because it brings them to life yeah yeah i love that so much you are amazing <laughs> <laughs> i feel like 
I could literally fly away and fly out my window and just go exploring it like I don't feel chained this is phenomenal so there's a difference now that we're at that point there's a difference between the soul which records time and repeats time and the unbounded spirit and you're the right now you're experiencing the unbounded spirit you're absolutely free free of your soul even now there's lots of controversy around that when i talk about it but if you think about what the soul does it records time and repeats time so isn't that a loop isn't that a type of a trap i always thought of the soul as aspects of ourselves that are with god that return to God, but I, I, I don't know. All I'm going to say, you can say, you know, because everyone's reality is different. You can have anything you wish <laughs> in your reality. But this unbounded spirit, yeah. doesn't it feel different? Yes. I feel massive. I feel really really big like I <laughs> sprawl across the earth like now if there's anything that you want to change in your life as you are this big you can also see yourself there and see whatever it is that you want to change in your life as a color and the new color you're going to introduce is your freedom what color is that Blue. And just see the other color drain out and the blue come in. You're the commander in your life. And notice what ha the feelings that happen inside of your body as you do that. You're the Lord God of your own being. This is, <laughs> this is your reality. You can have it any way you like it. That was incredible. As you were saying that, there was like all this gray, smoky, dusty water coming out. And the blue came in and I felt. <gasps> See, this part of us, this part of <laughs> us is so intelligent that it knows what beliefs need to go and what ideas need to go and all of that with, with that gray. And then it brings in the blue with the new ideas and new beliefs and new attitudes. Otherwise, we're at this forever, digging up every belief system and whatever. It's going to take a lifetime. That's but so true. We can move this as, as, as a metaphorical concept. The metaphor is gray. And blue is the other metaphor, and we can just exchange it. People can go, but, and I go, oh boy, you're going to go back, aren't you? But, and they go back and they take on the gray again. They say, it can't be that easy. I have to bring the gray back in because I have to do lots of work to do it. And you go, okay, you, yeah. you get to be um. right. 
it has to be a big long process in order to feel worthy of having this thing in life and I have to jump all through these hoops to make myself feel deserving of the gold and that's right no I'm gonna put a gate around the gray so it doesn't come back in <laughs> and you don't need to because you've made the choice and you realize how free you are grays never kept you ever it was just a game you were playing with yourself of limitation of denial that you're gone well that is no longer a fun game to play that's right <laughs> We just want to have a delightful time, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Is, isn't, isn't freedom delightful? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, those little things we worry about have zero significance. Zero come back to your right mind for a change and it'll all be absolutely what they call satori you're going to laugh your ass off at the whole thing <laughs> right satori satori it's the funniest thing in the world because when you come back to your right mind it's like oh my god what game was i playing with myself here that's so funny because one of my favorite songs is by someone called Satori. <laughs> and I've been listening to this all this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the song. <laughs> so I, I, you know, a while back I was playing, playing with these ideas and concepts. What if, what if therapy uh, could be fun? What if therapy, you could laugh your, your butt off through it all? I mean, I'm talking ugly laugh, right? Do you want to give us an example? <laughs> sure. So do you have something serious going on right now? Like something serious that you'd like to shift? See, I can't give you an example without working on you. So is that okay? Okay. Um... Oh, okay. So I've been having really painful hamstrings. So I've worked out nearly every day for the last year. Yeah. And I've felt very, very ungrounded and coming out of my body. Okay. And I've been rubbing cream and getting acupuncture and trying to really ground and it's becoming quite an issue. Okay. Right. This is pretty serious, eh? Well, it's it, like I spend most of the day in pain. So, yeah. Okay. So this is pretty serious, eh? <laughs> okay. Okay. Is it? Okay, come back and talk to me again about this. Uh, okay, and, and and try to be try to be really serious. Telling me at what, what's going on? There's there's. 
Now, people viewing this are going to go, this is weird. What's going on here? But actually what's happening is, is that there's a pattern that you have been living that's pretty serious. And by, <laughs> getting, <laughs> by getting you to access it, but injecting laughter breaks up the pattern. Now notice what happens to 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 your your, your stringy ham, you know. I Where have zero control over this laughter right now. <laughs> I'm just saying that as a disclaimer. <laughs> How do you feel? light so the goddess in you all she would need to do is run the right relief color through those stringy hands eh? right okay <laughs> and what color would that be do you think oh what color do i want it to be um purple purple Okay, so, and just notice, there we go. How's that feel to have that purple running down through there? It feels really nice, but it also feels really silly. <laughs> really silly, yeah. Well, that's good, silly is always good, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm standing in a ball pit at like a kid's play center. <laughs> so how does this work? Some things are, are really uh, worth digging up and fluffing out and taking a look at. And other things are just simply patterns. Patterns we repeat. And we'll repeat the same pattern every time, all the time, right? You, you'll even notice that people get ticked off because they're telling the pattern to you and you interrupt them and they get mad because they want to finish their pattern. They got to tell you the whole pattern, right? And what's happening is, is that when brain cells wire together, they fire together and they do it in the same sequence every time. But you see, what you and I did was introduce, and it was very slight, you probably didn't notice it, is that I watched when you went into laughter, right? and then I mimicked it on my face. That was a hypnotic anchor. And then when, when you were telling me about how serious it was, I joined you in the seriousness. <laughs> you see, it's a trigger now. Right. But you don't have to look at me. All you have to do now is think about. And it blows that whole belief system right out of the water, because what's what's laughter doing in the middle of this serious thing that I got going on? Right. And then you let it go. It's kind of like, you know, when you walk up to your your car. And you go to put the groceries in the back seat and you realize, oh, I love, I have the keys in my other pocket. And you got to move all the groceries. Oh yeah. And you, want, so annoying. <laughs> you do that about five times in a row and you're pissed off every time you do it until finally one day 
you realize you did it again and you start to laugh and then it's over. See, patterns need seriousness for them to function, not laughter. So we have a problem state where we go into our mind and we have problems. That's a problem state. But when we move over to joy or laughter, that's not a problem anymore. And usually the solutions just pop right in. So it's all about shifting state than it is anything else, right? It'll always be a problem forever and ever because you're in the problem state. But when you move over to laughter, it's all over. So I got curious and I went, well, what if we just move people into laughter? Their problems would solve themselves, really. <laughs> is, is that a good example? What just happened? Now, did I ever bring out a watch and wave it in front of you and say you're getting sleepier and sleepier? And no, no, but it was so indirect and I didn't know what was happening. And that makes me feel concerned about how that has happened to me during my life. Influent, like how I've been influenced in a negative way from TV and oh, yeah. government and all these things that I, I don't want to be right it's so subtle that you don't notice it that's right when i looked at how the thing with this is that anybody that watches television and you you watch anybody you watch anybody that watches television they start watching the box and next thing you know the mouth goes open and they go into a trance and then I, I did some investigation and found out that the flicker rate on the television screen is the same flicker rate as your alpha brainwave patterns. Wow. So television is really a hypnotic process. And they're telling you a vision that you're like, and it's called TV programming. And people aren't catching this. It's right in front of their faces. Right in front of their faces. And so what happens is the flicker rate on the television is is the same flicker rate as as alpha brainwave patterns. So people, yeah. they say when a person first sits down, the first time that they watch TV, it takes about half an hour for the effect to happen. The next time they watch it, it only takes 15 minutes. And after that, all they have to do is put their butt to the couch and start to look at it and boom they're in a trance and i took that and i went okay so the most powerful trance that's taking place on the planet is happening with people with their eyes wide open what am i doing getting them to close their eyes and fight with them going into a trance you know because if you've ever done that sort of trance work you know people will go oh my mind's too powerful you can't hypnotize me and I start to laugh because I says, are, are you, are you manifesting your reality? Are you flying around? Are you levitating? No. Well, you're already hypnotized because they're telling you <laughs> these things. So, and, and music as well. Yeah. 
and so it uh so repetition uh influence fear these are all hypnotic inductions okay and so influence when we're hearing a song or it's an artist where we're in this la la state and and we're in that or repetition they keep repeating you know Uh, and um also wear your hat wear your hat wear your hat uh <laughs> that it that re repetition and can, also like um around the the frequencies that have been so sound was originally on the solfeggio frequency scale but it was changed for mainstream music today yeah. Does that make it more discordant? Right brain, left brain. Huh. Frequencies, the frequencies that you're talking about are right brain frequencies. Wow. They don't want you to go in there. <laughs> Not when they're trying so hard to hypnotize the human race into slavery. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, oh there's my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe it's been an hour already. What? Yeah. Holy man. Okay. <laughs> goodness. Well, what the heck? <laughs> um, so I think we'll wrap it up here. Okay. Um, and yeah, I that was so mind blowing and opening, and I have so many things to think about and process after this amazing conversation. I just I admire your work so much. Um, thank you so so much for being a part of this interview today. I really really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Steph. Really. Thank you. You know. I think it was about eight or nine years ago I first discovered your work. Um, and we've been trying so to interview you ever since. <laughs> we finally, it finally happened today. Thank you so very much. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so shocked it's already over. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll go and do some solfeggio scales and be rebellious in my right brain. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And I hope you have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Cool. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>